What's going on, everybody? And welcome on in to Heavy Sports Presents the Matt Lombardo Show. Of course, I am Heavy Sports Senior NFL Insider Matt Lombardo. We're closing in on the NFL Draft just 16 days away as we're recording this on Tuesday, April 11th. We have a big show on tap for you. Washington Commanders Pro Bowl defensive end Chase Young, one of the brightest defensive stars in the entire NFL, is going to drop by to talk about his new partnership with New Balance, what it's going to take for the Washington Commanders to take that next step in the NFC East and make a run at a Super Bowl in 2023 and beyond, and a whole lot more, including his scouting report of Ohio State quarterback and potential number one overall pick in the draft, C.J. Stroud. You're not going to want to miss that. But before we get into all of that and a whole lot more, a little bit of housekeeping for you. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, and the new home of the Matt Lombardo Show is heavy.com slash videos. Make sure you bookmark heavy.com slash videos. That's where you'll find full episodes, all of our interviews, in-depth analysis of the NFL, and everything else going on at Heavy Sports, including my insight from week to week throughout the course of the calendar and leading up to the 2023 NFL season. But let's just get right into it. Joining us, one of the brightest young stars in the NFL, Pro Bowl defensive end for the Washington Commanders, and now, on behalf of New Balance, the first professional football player to partner with New Balance. Of course, we're talking about Commander star Chase Young. Chase, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Happy to have you here. And just looking around the offices right now where you're set up, you got that crazy camera following you everywhere, but you got all the gear in the background. Tell me what you have going on with New Balance. Yeah, man. So a partnership with me and New Balance, man. Um, man, yeah, about to say, I'm excited about it. It's a, a real great opportunity. Um, one that uh, I would say has been put in my put in my head two years ago that I didn't even know that was going to happen. Uh, you know, opportunity. Um, I feel like one of the biggest is how we're going to give back. Um, you know, to to the community. Um, and I feel like that's what I'm big, uh, really excited about. And really, just uh, inspiring that next generation. Oh, that's great. And it's great to accept that role as a role model, you know, in your playing career and in the community and all of those things. And for you personally, looking ahead to this season, Chase, how are you feeling? How's the rehab going? And does it feel like making it back on the field for training camp is a reasonable goal for you going forward? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, where what I've learned uh, just through um, my rehab uh, when I was down and, you know, all the ups and downs I did have. Uh, one thing that stood out with me was just being where my feet is at. Um, and, just, you know, being centered right and, and being present. Um, so um, I would say uh, I'm, I'm going to be the best person I can be every day on and off the field. And uh, I do that. I, I, did, and I know everything will take care of itself. Absolutely. And, you know, the NFL draft is approaching. And obviously with your Ohio State background and certainly a strong interest in college football, are, do you have eyes on anybody that you think the commanders should take, that you think they should target at number 16 that could be a help either for the offense or the defense? I mean, yeah, but, you know, that's above my pay grade. And uh, I'm just going to play my role and uh, be the best player I can be on the field. I'm going to let my GMs, Coach Rivera, let them take care of that. Yeah, of course. And and they're, they're, they get paid the big bucks. They're the decision makers for a reason, right? And, you know, would love to get your thoughts on some of the other Ohio State standouts across the NFL. Justin Fields, what did you make of his uh, first couple of years in the NFL, especially last year, the way he finished? I mean, I mean – you got to understand, I, I seen him when he transferred in Ohio State. I mean, the first, he transferred in, he ran a full 3-7, I can remember. And everybody was, he was 2-30, everybody was blown away. Um, 
hard worker, pays attention to detail, and is very coachable. And you know, you can't really teach a guy. Um, you can't want to be great. You can't really teach that. And uh, Justin is that one of those guys who wants to be great. So, I mean, he's just going to get better and better each year. And, you know, he, you, you know, down the line, he's going to be one of them. You know, great quarterbacks that you talk about that's playing in the NFL. And one of your defensive linemates with the Buckeyes, Nick Bosa, and, and it's really translated for him in the NFL. How high is his ceiling as a pass rusher, in your opinion? Oh, real high. Nick can uh, he can do it all, man. Um, power, uh, speed. Um, you know, definitely um, for years to come, just a tear on the on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> do you guys ever stay in touch on like you know oh, yeah. exchange notes oh, yeah. on like, quarterbacks or offensive tackles? Yeah, that's my brother. I mean, um, I would say Nick, I came in old state. Um, he taught me everything he knew, um, took me under his wing. Um, and you know, it was always open arms. Um, and that's what I always thanked him for. Um, you know, because you can go into a college campus, some dudes get jealous, this, this, and that. Nick, he embraced me. Um, and that's one thing I always uh, remember and thank him for. And obviously looking ahead to this year's draft, C.J. Stroud has a real chance of going number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. As an Ohio State guy, as a guy who makes his living getting after quarterbacks, what's your thumbnail scouting report on C.J. Stroud going into this draft? Man, I mean, C.J., he can do it all. I see um, he's real smart uh, when he's playing out there. He definitely um, feel like he gets the ball out pretty fast. Um, and I feel like that's something that's definitely going to have to – He's going to have to do it in the field. Um, obviously, he can't just hold the ball in the field. Um, I know he knows that, and everybody's probably telling him that. But he already does it, which is great. Um, you know, Coach Day and the offensive staff, they do a great job over there in terms of their offense. I know that it's probably run like an NFL offense. Um, so, I mean, CJ, in terms of being ready or prepared, um, he's right there. And from quarterbacks to the guys that you line up against – every single week, every single snap. Who's the best offensive tackle in the game today? Who's the, the guy that when the schedule comes out every year, you're circling that matchup because you know that you need to have your A game against them if you're going to be effective? Well, yeah, I mean, I would say A game too, but I would just say um, I like playing against great players. Yeah. And uh, I think I played against Trent Williams. I think we played him again this year at home. Before, But I always love playing against Trent because uh, obviously he's the best. And, you know, I like to see where I match up you know, in terms of uh, who's the best. So, um, you know, I'm always looking forward to play. That's a big brother too. So it's like a, a nice little matchup. And, you know, he's a competitor, I'm a competitor. And, uh, you know, we just battle out. And it's, it's fun, um, especially to go after. Um, he hollered at me after the game about things I did, um, stuff like that. So it's it's real cool going against Trent. What separates Trent? Because, I mean, there are a lot of great offensive tackles in the league, but you have this conversation with defensive ends all the time, and it's either Lane Johnson or Trent Williams that jumps to people's minds as the best in the business. What separates Trent from the from the rest? Um, I would say he can he can, he, he can move very well to be that big. Um, and he's real stout. So he can – you got a guy who's stout if you try to hit him with power. Um, you have a guy who can move if you try to hit him with speed. Um, so – that's always – and he has great hands as well, right? So that's all me. An old lineman who has all three, that's a that's a hard guy to get around. And, man, he is so wide. I mean, he is – he's a big dude. Like, you know, it's hard getting around him. My rookie year, I played against Jason Peters. And uh, obviously he was a little uh, he was a little older when I was a rookie. Um, but still, I mean, compared to college tackle, 
the dudes we grow, they some grown men. They are big. So, um, yeah. You're talking about two Hall of Famers there in Trent Williams and Jason Peters, you know, well into the future. And, you know, for you personally, Chase, when all is said and done, when it's January or, you know, if you guys catch lightning in a bottle, February, what what are you going to look back on this year in 2022 and say, you know what, I accomplished those goals. That season was a success. What would make this upcoming season a success for you? Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl. That's that's the that's the, I feel like you know that's the that's the goal every year to go get that trophy and uh, you know obviously it's the team uh, with, with uh, it's a game with eleven people on the field um, so you know that's just a band of brothers sticking together going to one goal and, and that's what we're gonna try to do again this year. How do you guys close the gap on Philly? Because obviously they came out of your division last year. They win the Super Bowl. You beat them in Philadelphia. It was their first loss of the year. But what are the commanders and what do you on defense need to do to close the gap on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to climb that mountain in the division and ultimately win that Super Bowl? Honestly, just do our job. Um, you know, I've I, I played the Eagles many times and I've made a lot of plays just by doing my job. So I feel like we just, I feel like we have the talent um, on defense to be the, you know, the best defense in the league. My rookie year, we were number three defense in the league. Um, I was just doing our job and playing with our heads on fire. So I feel like we we just do that um, and just be consistent and uh, the sky's limit. No doubt. And, you know, you're, you're repping clutch. You're repping new balance. I see all the gear in the back. What's your favorite piece of, of gear from your new line with New Balance? You see it all like hanging out back there. What's the first thing that, that Chase Young's reaching for? The power vest. Nice. Everybody, everybody's going to love it. You're going to see everybody wearing it. It's the power vest. It's a, it's a vest. It's, it's thicker, but you can wear it in when it's warm um, because it's stylish. And it, it comes in handy, obviously, when it's cold, too. Um, but definitely when I first – Looked at everything, it was the best. Stood out the most. Where can people find out more? It's, stay tuned. <laughs> you got it. He's Washington Commanders Pro Bowl defensive end Chase Young. Chase, appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you further up the road, and best of luck in 2023 and beyond. Nah, thank you. Really enjoyed that conversation with Chase Young, and the Commanders are going to be one of those teams to watch. You heard him talk about the talent on defense, and obviously him being healthy this season is going to be a big part of that. But you look at that team on offense, and you look at the running back with Brian Johnson Jr., wide receivers Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. There's some firepower there, and I know that it's an uphill climb in the NFC East because, of course, you have to overtake the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, who got better this offseason, and, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are trying to run it back and get back to a Super Bowl. But there's a lot of talent on that team. There's a lot of talent on that offense. Eric Bieniemy arriving in the nation's capital as offensive coordinator is really going to be interesting to see what they can accomplish in year one of his tenure, and it feels sneakily like a pretty big year for head coach Ron Rivera. But two teams that I think made the biggest moves of the offseason so far that could set the table for big seasons in 2023. There were two moves that went down just this week that might have been the biggest moves of the entire offseason. And they have the potential to shape not one, but two division races, one in the NFC and one in the AFC. Let's start in the AFC North, where it seems like maybe the temperatures are cooling a little bit between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, especially after the Ravens went out and signed Odell Beckham Jr. to a massive $15 million deal that's fully guaranteed and 
can be worth up to $18 million if he hits incentives. I had a coach tell me that the belief around the NFL was that there were several teams interested in Odell Beckham Jr., but only in the five to seven million dollar a year price range. But the Ravens, the Ravens went over the top and had to make sure that they got him, that they brought him into the Charm City, because it wasn't just about bringing Odell Beckham Jr. into that offense. It wasn't just about the elite catch radius. It wasn't about the hands. It wasn't about the fact that he could still be a little bit of a deep threat over the top. But most importantly. Because Lamar Jackson wanted him. So now the Ravens have Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver Rashad Bateman, tight end Mark Andrews as Jackson's top targets. And that's not a bad trio. But I'd still think that the Ravens need to find a wide receiver in this upcoming draft. It still needs to be a top priority because when you look around that division, you look at what they have in Cleveland built around Deshaun Watson. When you look at the trio that's currently in place around Joe Burrow in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you look at what they're building in Pittsburgh. You need to get as much firepower as you can around your young quarterback. And even though Lamar Jackson has that MVP in 2019, we've seen that he needs elite pass catchers to take his game to the next level from the pocket. It remains to be seen whether Odell Beckham Jr. can do that, but he certainly helps. He helps Lamar Jackson, especially in the red zone. We'll see how much he can stretch the field, whether he can still take the top off of an opposing defense. But if he can stay healthy, and if the Ravens manage to come to terms with Jackson on a deal that keeps him in Baltimore, not just on the tag, I still think there's a gap in the AFC North between the Bengals and everybody else. But the Ravens with this move made some headway to close that gap, to inch closer to the Cincinnati Bengals because they've drafted really well over the last two years. And those rookie classes are going to be taking big steps forward. Odell Beckham Jr., if he can stay on the field, is going to be a game-changing weapon potentially for Lamar in the passing game, which could make him an even better passer from the pocket where he was making big strides last year before he got hurt. The Ravens could be a team to watch. But the other move that I really like that also went down this week, and you know, you look around the NFL, there were several teams that had fantastic off seasons so far. I think the Eagles have checked a lot of boxes for a team trying to go back to the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Bears have done a really nice job of adding elite talent around Justin Fields. But the move that I really liked, and the team that I think that we're overlooking a little bit right now, is the Atlanta Falcons. Because general manager Terry Fontenot has had a stellar offseason that nobody's really talking about. And the latest move that went down on Tuesday afternoon is they acquired number former number three overall pick cornerback Jerry Okuda in a deal with the Detroit Lions for a fifth round pick for a total song. And Okuda really is an incredible counterpunch to the Mike Evanses, the Chris Godwins, the Michael Thomases that the Falcons have to play twice a year each within their division. Okuda's six foot one, 200 pounds. He's one of those long cornerbacks that defensive coordinators covet and love to build their secondaries around. He's physical, and he's just the latest building block in a rebuilt secondary in Atlanta. You think of what the Falcons have already done this offseason? They've added defensive end Calais Campbell. They brought in Jesse Bates, who was arguably the premier safety on the market and an all-pro caliber talent in that secondary. Offensively, they trade for John U. Smith. I love bringing in Kate Nellis as a young linebacker with upside and who's a dynamic special teams player. And they added speed at wide receiver in bringing in Scotty Miller and Mac Hollins when you already have dynamic upstart rookie Jay Drake London 
in the fold. And the Falcons are still flying a little bit under the radar right now, but this has been one of the more impressive off-seasons in the NFL and in a very wide-open NFC South. There's no reason that this team can't make a push, especially if Desmond Ritter can play or you figure out the quarterback situation between now and week one. Maybe they draft somebody and have a competition there for the starting job. But Terry Fontenot has done a really nice job of building a young roster with lots of firepower, lots of young stars that could potentially take the next step this season and play the Falcons into contention in the NFC South. And beyond that, we all know the NFC is wide open. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in Green Bay anymore. San Francisco, their quarterback situation is a total mess. It really comes down to, in a lot of ways, the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. We'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield arriving in Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens in Carolina. I think they're still a few steps away. I love their offseason. Bringing in Adam Thielen is a huge get for the Carolina Panthers. But in a lot of ways, it's going to come down to what they do at the quarterback position in this draft with the number one overall pick. The Bears are going to be better with Justin Fields, of course. We talked about him a little bit with Chase Young. But the Falcons, I think the Atlanta Falcons have the chance to be a sleeper team in 2023. And if not this year, if they draft as well as they've done in free agency so far this offseason, they're going to be a team to watch building in coming years. It's been a really fun show. Thanks to Chase Young for joining us here on the program. Appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Of course, you can check us out at heavy.com slash videos. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. And of course, check out my weekly column each and every week on heavy.com. I'm Matt Lombardo. I'll talk to you next week. We're closing out on the draft one week closer next week. Catch you at the same time, same place right here on the Matt Lombardo Show presented by Heavy Sports.